passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are live, everybody. Welcome to a very special Thanksgiving edition of the Cafe Hangout. Yes, it is U.S. Thanksgiving, and here we are, two Canadians that are going about our business. But we are welcoming everybody to the the post office celebration of Thanksgiving, where, way actually... We're going to be celebrating with our own post-wrestling Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday night. Uh, I suppose so. Yeah, yes. with Braden and Davey. We're going to Korean barbecue not long after this. So, w- What better way to spend Thanksgiving? So uh, whether you are one of our viewers slash listeners in the U.S., we hope you're enjoying your day. For those around the world, everybody welcome. We are going to be taking your phone calls throughout the show and... Lots to discuss, and it'll be open topics on the phone line. So if you want to give us a call, we will be taking your calls, 732-800-4423, or you can Skype in by searching Post Wrestling, free to call in on Skype, and we'll be taking calls as long as they're coming in. Very exciting, because we're actually debuting a brand new look right here on the Post Wrestling Cafe. Look at this. Hopefully all these graphics that you're seeing right now, if you're watching us on YouTube workout. uh, I'm in a box look at this wow this you, is a- you know we've got even a chat room on the side so anybody typing into the chat room is displayed right in our video which could be a terrible idea oh uh, god way at some point so uh we will we will test this out to see how it i works hope we out. have a safe bunch out there i hope so too we're trusting all of you guys please uh but yeah uh brand new look our phone numbers are right there so i don't have, even have to read these things out anymore so. oh and then i'm deleting this off my desktop <laughs> yeah very exciting so do call in right now i'm gonna start up skype at the moment and we'll be taking phone uh phone calls all show Yes, yes. I've learned I've learned the lesson about making sure I'm logged out of Skype on my phone so that during off hours, as in every hour but one during the week, that we are not taking calls, that my phone isn't ringing as I'm at the grocery store. You know, I certainly appreciate, I think, the, uh, the enthusiasm, but like we were getting calls like an hour before this, even before we were going live at all. Like in the middle, of, while I was sitting on my couch watching NXT, I'm like getting these phone calls. Wait, I'll get calls like later into the day on Thursday. I don't know if people realize <laughs> that we're on. I think it's we're consistently on for one, an hour and a half every week. But nonetheless, we love you all. We'll do a 24-hour I will not be answering because uh, then you then you get grumpy, Paul, like if I was <laughs> answering. But the pro- it's like, like I'm listening to a podcast. I'm listening to music and it stops. Because you're calling, so there. Let's uh, go to our first phone call. Ooh, let's our start very, off. Very eager first patron of the cafe caller. You're on with us. What, what's on your mind? Hey guys, it's Tim from Ohio again. I think I started off last week too. Wow, Tim, you're uh, you're right at the front of the line. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. What what is your Thanksgiving consisting of? Beyond, uh, it, are you with your entire family all gathered around watching the cafe hangout? Because that to me sounds like the best way to celebrate. <laughs> 
sadly, no. Um, in fact, I every year for Thanksgiving, I am grateful and thankful that my mother tolerated my wrestling habit. I'll never forget. In fact, this is, I never thought about this, but this is a funny story. Um, you want to talk about uh, ing- ingenuitive uh, local promoters. Okay. M- my mother just knew wrestling. Like, I, I would spout off these letters and these names, but she just knew wrestling. So when WWF would come to town, a local promoter named Preston Steele, Pete Lusick, promoted the local IWA promotion. And he would schedule his shows within a day of the WWF show. Right. So my mom would go, hey, I got you those tickets for wrestling. It's at the Metroplex. Wow. It's five. Metroplex is five minutes from where WWF are in the Beagley Center. She didn't know. Right. Sorry, I just want to ask if you wouldn't mind just um, logging out of your phone, John, just because I can hear some of the... uh... The, the the buzz of the of the Skype calls. Okay. Uh, sorry, sorry. What was Tim? Uh, I'm a little bit flustered. Just trying to deal with all this technical stuff uh, uh, right now. Um, I. Oh, d- well, you were asking me about the Thanksgiving thing. We just yes. gorged like pigs. Dinner was great. Um, but you know, as far as questions for you guys, um, we talk about the Wednesday night wars and everything as far as the wrestling goes. But I don't know if you guys are on the uh, Super Jcast Discord. We are but not. I'm noticing it just feels like there nobody's saying, oh, I hate this guy or I hate that guy. But I'm noticing like there seems to be an active movement to discredit or undermine Dave Meltzer with everything that he says. And it's to the point where it has to be personal. And, you know, they have a Patreon, too, on the Voice of the Wrestling Network. And I'm wondering how much of it is financially based, how much of it is the the war among the podcasters. Like, have you noticed that? Like, do you guys get along with the other podcasters? I mean, we have lots of, like, guests on this show. I I am not aware of any issues that we would have with any other shows. I mean, um, you know, it's... You know, some are, are going to have issues with one another. I'd like to think we're we're pretty easygoing guys that get along with everybody. I mean, we've had we've had people from Voices of Wrestling on this show. We've like I'm I'm good friends with a lot of people in the in the media myself. Yeah, I personally don't feel that way. I mean, I think I I, I can understand you know what what you're suggesting, and I can only say that. Dave gets a lot of the maybe spotlight because he is the industry leader, in my opinion, for, you know, that type of journalist who breaks news. And therefore, I think when you're when you're always, you know, um, in the spotlight, inevitably, that's going to come with a lot of criticism as well. Um, and, you know, I'm not on that discord. I have no idea kind of what's taking place. I, I wouldn't necessarily think that it was it would be done to some somehow, you know, try to gain advantage over another podcast or a journalistic news source. I mean, I, I, I can't really see that happening for, for me. Um, I think, you know, any type of speculation is just fan speculation. Oh, just wondered. Thanks guys. Thank you very much. Back to the phone lines. Caller, you're in the post wrestling cafe. What's on your mind? John Pollock, Wei Ting, happy Thanksgiving from the Dream Man State of Vermont. How are you guys doing? Oh, thank you. Hey. Yes. Excellent. 
We don't actually celebrate so, Thanksgiving uh, here, but we, we, we appreciate the, uh, the warm wishes we're nonetheless. Thankful nonetheless. We, we make them retroactive well, to have, October. You guys, you guys, yeah, I was going to say you had Canadian Thanksgiving last month, right? Yes. 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 So, and, and I've been to Canadian Thanksgiving too, so I've done it all. It's, it's a wild difference how we celebrate up here in Canada as opposed to our U.S. counterparts. But nonetheless, we're all, we're all uh, binded by Turkey uh, during this, this festive holiday. But uh, what's on your mind today? Okay, well, I actually called a few weeks ago, and I was Tom from Vermont, and the way he came, actually, uh, it wasn't a good time for my wrestling viewing habits. And, and he actually um, kind of called me on it and said, you have an okay day today, buddy? <laughs> What's going on? I don't know if you remember that on the cafe. I do actually. But yes. I was, <laughs> was going to say um, I watched some wrestling this week, and I am I'm somewhat back in it. I'm in a good mood, so things have turned around. What, what, what specifically? Um, I was going to say. Oh, first of all, NXT I thought had a really good show. I'd say probably one of their best shows so far. I don't know what you guys thought of it. Uh, we'll, we'll get into uh, our thoughts on NXT, but what, what stood out in terms of the follow-up uh, this week and probably some more eyes on I, NXT, you would assume. Right. Um, it came started off with a hot promo, um, great tag team match. Um, I'm really kind of digging Finn Balor being back, and him versus Tommaso Ciampa, I think, would be... Oh, he's speechless. You liked it that much. Um think we might have lost you there unfortunately so please call back uh caller we'll have to take your call uh at a different time but um yeah at some point later on throughout the show maybe once the phone calls die down a little john and i will get into a perhaps a proper review of nxt from uh, the night prior yeah we'll just uh, kind of keep the phone lines open but yeah both of us watched nxt so we'll kind of go through some of our thoughts there you can also hear Braden davies from up next their show already up at postwrestling.com as well as on their YouTube channel, but uh, I believe Tom is back, or is he? No, no, he's he not, not. Actually, we got Tom. Please call back. But Gary is on the line right now. Gary, what's going on? Hi, guys, calling from the UK. Um, I I don't know if either of you have caught the, the issue of Impact this week. Yes, yes, yes. yes. you uh, did. I I there was a free um, airing in the UK. There was a, a Sky Channel that was doing like a preview evening, and they they happened to watch it, and I, I saw it. I, I think the WWE might have cause to sue. <laughs> For doing, like what, for Southpaw Regional Wrestling? Yeah, it, it just felt like an episode of Southpaw, even down to Rhino doing the Butcher character. Okay, yeah, they I, they might have a case there because Rhino directly pretty much lifted his same character from Southpaw over. In fact, like made reference to like, you know, his tag team partner, Seth Rollins, on the show, saying if you ever yeah. get out of the minor leagues, you come join us here. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't know if beyond that, I don't even know who would really own Frank the Butcher. Um, but like you can't necessarily say, oh, because we were the first to do a uh, '80s parody, nobody else can ever do an '80s parody. You know, this they had their they did their own thing. Let, let's let's be honest. When it when it comes to being litigious, which I, I really don't see in this case, there being much of anything. I really don't think Impact is on the radar for them that they're necessarily overseeing episodes of Impact under a microscope. I mean, I think that's why they get away with it because, yeah, no, no one's watching. No one from the WWE is really paying attention to Impact anymore. Um, but my second question was: um, do you, there was a lot of talk a couple of weeks ago about John Morrison, Nitro, Impact, whatever you want to call him, coming over. Is there any been more developments? Because he seems to be in limbo now. 
No, it's, uh, you know, it was reported that he signed. Uh, PW Insider had reported that. Uh, he's been asked about it, and he's never uh, denied it. And, I mean, there was a recent interview with uh, Taya Valkyrie where you could see that, she, you know, she pretty much didn't say 100% it was happening, but I think you could read between the lines. So I'm expecting it to happen. I think it's, I, I don't know what the holdup is, though. I, I just hope, I, I hope they make sense, and I hope they stick him on, on NXT where I think actually he could really help get some guys over again. Um, yeah, you'd, you'd he, put you know, him in NXT. Get, he, he could get a small, he could be a great sort of NXT North American champion, but also get some other guys over. You know, he could really, I feel like he could have a great match with someone like a Keith Lee. Um, you know, For, uh, I really hope he gets gets a chance there instead of being stuck on the main roster where I don't know if he'll ever, ever get anywhere. For a guy in that position, Gary, how how high would you rank him in NXT? And what I mean by that is, would you put him in the main event slot ever? Would you have him, you know, go over potential new stars like a Keith Lee or a Dijak? I think he could. I think he could elevate them. I think he could certainly. You could put a title on him um, so that he could get a Keith Lee or a Dijakovic or a Pete Dunne over. Uh, because he's got enough name value, you know, he's won world titles in you know, pretty much everywhere he's been. So I, I don't think you'd put him as like your one or your or your two, but he could certainly be a three or four top top babyface. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if that's how high they value him. I mean, he's forty, so it's like doesn't look it, but uh, you know, forty that that's a tough mm. age to be in within WWE system in terms of being uh, someone who is being pushed at a level that they they never went that that high with him while he was in WWE. I mean, he, no, they never, they never pressed the button with him at all. So, yeah, I mean, there's that cause that, I mean, does he come back and he's, you know, closer to a Shelton Benjamin role. So we will see. I, I don't know where he ends up in terms of on, on the main roster NXT. It's like, there's, there's only so many slots available there. So I think that if Nitro mm-hmm. is going to occupy one of those roles, like that's, that's a very coveted spot and there's only so many of them on NXT. And I think it's, it's tough when you've just introduced a Finn Balor there in a similar position and, and where he fits in. It's a good question. Definitely. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks always for the content. Thank Cheers, you so Gary. much. Uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, he was a kind of an interesting signing that you would figure like they are loading up on, anyone with with name value but where does he fit into that system given uh the age he's at at the moment and do you put all of your stock behind someone like that who you know there's there's a certain way to present john hennigan that can be effective but we've also seen ways in which you know you you do understand why he wasn't able to get to that that top echelon in wwe what name do you think he goes by uh it has to be yeah we could go johnny nxt we could be uh johnny fox Johnny Fox. Johnny USA. They all work. They could all potentially work. So Johnny WWE Network. Yeah. If he's a 205 Live guy. Uh, Johnny Live. Yes. Johnny Johnny 205. Back to the phone lines. Our man, Neil. What's going on? Hi, fellas. How's it going with you? Very well. Happy Thanksgiving in the UK, even though Uh, probably don't sound like that. No, we don't. We'll get to that if that's all right. I've got a couple of points to make this week, if that's okay. One negative and one positive, but one very positive. You're, you're showing up very balanced, Neil. Yes, that's the idea. <laughs> um, for, also, um, apologies for making a phone call out of ours myself last week. Oh, did you? Oh, Neil. I don't know if you remember. Well, Way is aware of this, I think. I think I probably called you. You know, I cell actually, phone. I think I dialed Neil by accident. Oh, then it's, it's on way. It's, it's not no, on it's you, Neil. Yeah. My fault, really. So sorry in for my bothering defe- you. In my defense, yeah, my cell phone started ringing, 
at about at about um, I don't know quarter to midnight last Thursday, <laughs> and it was the post office, and I thought, what's going on? The guys need me. You know? <laughs> at some point, we will upgrade to a proper phone line and not run the 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 show off of my cell phone. Yes. Oh, not at all. It was funny. I people love with cell phone. It's it's a big. Oh well, when I exchanged a, a message afterwards to clear clear the, clear everything up. But anyway, um, if I could get to my first point, the negative one, and get that out of the way, let's go for it. Let's get negative. I know this story's been very well covered, but Jim Cornette saying that his joke wasn't racist, it was just a starvation joke, yeah. really pissed me off because there's a reality to that that I haven't really heard much about in the coverage. He's referring to the mid-1980s famine in yeah. Ethiopia, yeah, which you know led to the famous Live Aid concert and charity songs, We Are the World and all that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, I don't have a strong first-hand memory of the time, but I have a relative who worked for the International Red Cross, and he just told me all about it, the reality of it, the inaction of Western governments. And I know this is heavy stuff, but that famine killed 1.2 million people. It, it's it may no, not. No, I, I completely understand what you're saying, Neil, and it's something I, I thought of as well. And you know, I'm I, I'm not. It, it's like yeah, like oh, it was only a famine joke. I was like, ah, that's that's bad too. You know what I mean? It's I think Cornette's ex- explanation was that. You know, when when this was uh, an issue at the time that there were people making jokes about this. And I think that it's not an excuse at all. In fact, I would say that if something were going on today and people were ma- making a joke out of, you know, where millions of people are dying, it, it wouldn't be met with humor either. So his specific, I think, reference or, you know, justification was bringing up something like South Park and their uh, the, the character of Starvin Marvin. That that I think was yeah. probably like a 1999 2000 thing. Um, certainly, I think if if we're talking about like the realm of stand up comedy or maybe even something like a South Park, it it's somewhat different. Um, I think the rules are somewhat different in those realms. I just don't think that NWA power um, <laughs> is is really the same form where that yeah. kind of leeway. No, nor would be is allowed. Jim Cornette doing a stand up routine on NWA power. That I mean, yes. I think as a as a whole, we tend to give um, a lot of a lot of leeway to comedians because they are pointing out the ridiculous and the ironic and using it for comedy. And sometimes it is using tragedy with the addition of time that creates humor. And I absolutely you can agree or disagree whether, you know, certain jokes are some jokes are going to work and others will be viewed very tasteless. Uh, you know, you hear people make jokes about the Titanic going down because it's it's mm-hmm. multiple generations removed from that. I think a joke about 9-11 because we're part of a generation that lived through that. That probably is not going to be met with as much humor. And, you know, not to say that we're creating rules of what can and cannot be humor, but I think that it's certainly um, there, there was a time period where it was at least societally or in society deemed much more acceptable than today. Sure. I agree with you 100 percent, both of you. I mean, um, I actually enjoy comedy that plays with the boundaries of taste. I think that Ricky Gervais, Anthony Jeselnik are two comedians who do it well. But as you say, John, what they're doing is couched in layers of irony. And it's sort of obvious to the audience they're challenging attitudes. They often mean the exact opposite of what they're saying. Jim Cornette doesn't fall into that category. Um, so I, I've had my fill of the man, and I, I really just don't want to see him turn up like a bad penny on any of the programming I enjoy. Um, but that's all. That was the negative bit. Um, I don't want to take up too much time, but on the on the positive part, 
I, I really want to wish a happy Thanksgiving to all the US viewers and listeners. And on that note, although we don't celebrate Thanksgiving where I am, I, I like the sentiment of taking time to, to be grateful <laughs> for things. Um, so I'd like to thank everyone in the post-wrestling family for what they produce. Not just you two, Braden and Davey and Nate and Phil and WH Park, James E. Benno, Martin. I'm sorry, th- just, th- just the idea that like my, my friend Phil is now getting shout outs on a show is just uh, warms my heart. Uh, but but yeah, no, it's, no, it's, it's wonderful. Thank please, you, Neil. Please go on. Mike Murray. Mike uh, Murray. James um, E. Martin gu- Benno. Yeah, your guest hosts you have often, um, Jesse from The Six, your web contributors, Andrew, Andrew Thompson, Eric Marcotte. I, 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 if there's anyone I've left off, I'm really sorry. But uh, they're the ones that come to mind. Well, and you too, Neil. Of... Neil, your, your, your star is shining uh, bright. I think you're, you're starting to get quite the following but, here. I, I hope, uh, I hope just... your ego is in check here. Ah, that's just because I kiss your ass, <laughs> you guys. You know, but but uh, it's, it's well meant. And most of all, thanks to you, uh, John and Way, for betting on yourselves and starting all this two years ago. I think all the loyal... The most loyal postmarks, uh, you know, watching this and listening to this are very grateful for what you do. John, you said in a recent podcast, I think it was with Phil. It may have been with WH. I'm sorry. I, I listen to you guys so much. It blends together. But you said that you lose track of conversations with Way that take place on the air or off the air. You're not sure. You can't really remember what you've said, you know, whether it was on or off a podcast. And that just is an illustration. It just goes to show how genuine the banter is between you guys that we hear and without I really don't want to sound too corny but it goes a long way towards making you feel like friends of ours as well and um, you know just thanks for um, all of the fantastic content that you produce because uh, you know we're in the era of uh, you know I was getting a bit real earlier on, but you mean Trump and Brexit, and we're in the middle of a general election <laughs> oh, no, campaign. No, come on, here. come on, we're, you're you're ruining the Hallmark card here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so <laughs> it's it, the, wrestling's always been an escape, and um, just say John Pollock waiting the answer to divided politics, and they could solve <laughs> Brexit. I mean, that's clearly your conclusion <laughs> that you're getting at. It is, yes. If only everyone would listen. Yes, thank and you so much, Neil. As, uh, you're very welcome. Thanks always. again. Thank you're, you, Neil. We always great. appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks again. Thank Bye. You. Wow. If that guy isn't going to make you feel better about yourself, then I think it's Thanksgiving for Neil every single day. I think that guy <laughs> just what what a wonderful attitude <laughs> we, towards life that Neil always, possesses. We always will make time for Neil. Uh, back to the phone lines. Let us do it. Caller, what is on your mind? Hey guys, it's Paul from New Jersey. Hi, Paul. Hey. Hey. Uh, yeah, happy American Thanksgiving, Canadians. But uh, um, I wanted to, uh, uh, yeah, on a positive note, like I know you guys have talked about it a little bit on Monday, but um, this week in programming, I really loved that Raw was selling the effects of Survivor Series and that NXT mm-hmm. was celebrating uh, their victory. And I think I'm sure like Corbin and Reigns will have some kind of cornball promo about it on Friday. But like, I think it's really cool that like they didn't just scrub it away until next year and like. Although there weren't any stakes, I really liked that they you were seeing both locker rooms deal with a loss and a victory, much like a sporting event. So I think that was like a really cool edge. How how about but this? How about this idea for Friday is that Corbin does a spoof on the opening of NXT and he tries to rap with all the heels taking credit for the win that Roman Whoa. Reigns brought to SmackDown. <laughs> Uh, that sounds like something they would absolutely do. I think you watch this product a lot, Mr. P. <laughs> um, 
I think I, I think uh, Baron's probably going to yeah try and take credit even though Roman was a survivor. I think that's the way to go. I want him but to rap. That's here. now my standard for SmackDown on Friday that I want to see Baron Corbin rapping. King C. You know, I wouldn't be against it. Yes. Uh, but go on. I'm, um, I'm sorry to interrupt. I want to say, like, um, like obviously, Raw and SmackDown still command the higher ratings. And I know, like, it's the NXT is a third brand, but I think, you know, I like that's a little thing like WWE is trying to say. But, like, when it comes to WrestleMania, I mean, the complaint is, is the show is, like, seven hours long. Do you guys see, like, NXT? I mean, this is the biggest show of the year. So do you, do you see NXT matches just happening, happening on TakeOver? Or do you think it's these are matches that they are going to go with that? Well, we are the third brand. We're going to be on WrestleMania as well. I think that there should be some representation of NXT at WrestleMania next year. Mm-hmm. I think that you're at a point now. Right. I wouldn't do it at every pay-per-view. I'd want to make it feel special. But for WrestleMania, to me, that should be the showcase of everything. And I would definitely have an NXT title match there. That It becomes difficult because you are doing a takeover the night before. And... As we look at the past month, there were certainly complications of trying to build up to two shows at the same time. I think if it's one match, that alleviates some of that pressure, but there should be some representation there. And maybe it's maybe it's uh, one of the women, maybe it's the men's title, mm-hmm. or maybe it's both that have some kind of... Honestly, uh, I was a little disappointed we didn't get more integration between TakeOver into Survivor Series, meaning, you know, like, I think New Japan is going through very much the same thing, having to promote two Wrestle Kingdom matches back to back. But, you know, with and the way they've chosen to do it is to basically have one lead directly into the other. I mean, TakeOver can exist as a way to say whoever wins this NXT title match goes on to WrestleMania to defend it, which I think, you know, makes for an interesting almost mini tournament like we're seeing in New Japan right now. So I I definitely think we're going to get some NXT representation, whether it just be in a battle royal or maybe a tag team turmoil match. But I I definitely think at least perhaps you'll probably see some NXT people in either or both Royal Rumbles as well. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. yeah, I think you almost have to. I mean, like, I would love to see a guy like Adam Cole defending the title on WrestleMania. But yeah, anyway, that's uh, all I got. And I just want to say, man, I love this community. This has been so much fun. Um, it does feel like a group of friends just talking about wrestling. And I've actually completely replaced Twitter, uh, deleted off my phone with post wrestling uh, forum. And it's just been it's just a better way to live. So, yeah, thanks, oh, guys. And, uh, yeah. Happy holidays. Paul, I'm going to isolate this audio clip and I'm going to play it for myself every day. Thank you. Please do. Thank you, Paul. Right, One of our guys. greatest achievements. <laughs> we killed Twitter. Oh, I would love it. I've, if if I could just pull off one thing. If I could be <laughs> if I could be Thanos, dude, I would snap my fingers so quick. Delete half of Twitter? I, all of it. All of it. Gone. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Twitter would be gone. I'd spare Instagram. Uh, Facebook, <laughs> gone. Uh, I also wanted to just kind of bring up a point that Paul was alluding to about how, you know, coming off of this Survivor Series, we're certainly seeing the, the results of, of the of the wins or the losses. And I, I got me to thinking about how the, the points ultimately worked out after Survivor Series, where it was 4-2-1, and one, I believe, yep. in favor of NXT. Um, I mean, it very well could have been 3-2-2 two, and two to make things balanced. But clearly, they wanted a very clear winner and a very clear loser yep. so that you could tell further tell those stories. And I found that certainly, you know, very unique, especially as far as WWE programming goes, where they don't really focus on the losing all that much. We saw it last year with SmackDown. They went nowhere with yeah. that. And it was just, I mean, that's kind of the concern is that are do you just position Raw? And, and I mean, there are certainly... There was less interest in Raw this week. Well, and coming was... off of this rating, do you think they'll do this again next year? Tell the story of the loser. Uh, 
it's it's a question that's it's hard to look a year. My my immediate question is: Do they focus on the Survivor Series loss beyond this week? Right. Do they look at that number and say, "Hey, we drove people off. They we presented ourselves as the losers, and instead, people were just indifferent to the show." It becomes difficult when you're kind of that's the story you're going with. Like the show as a whole failed. So hey, come watch the failing show, mm. and that's that's a more, that's a tougher story to do than the the winning brand. And I think. AEW is kind of doing the same story with Hangman Page, with Kenny Omega. Granted, he had the win this week, but stars that are in these slumps and being able and Cody now being frozen out of the title situation. So I think it's interesting to compare the two of how they do stories built around losses and how you come back from those. It's not some disqualifier that you can't do those stories, but they're delicate. Back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on post wrestling. What's going on? Uh, it's MJ in Florida. In Florida? Oh, what? Florida. M- wow. MJ from FL. I can't believe it. MJ from the FLA. Who, do you have, I down guess you have, you have family back. from Florida? Yeah, my parents live in Florida, so I'm down here for Thanksgiving, and I had to sneak away from the turkey and stuffing to wish all of you uh, listening a happy Thanksgiving. Well, thank Express you. my gratitude and thankfulness for the Post family and everyone that does uh great content in the community that's been fostered are you indoors and, mj i mean it's weird not having the the street ambience in the background can we hear some beach, i'm outside beach right now oh you are outside man florida is just very calm right now it is very calm in the uh the elder elderly community in which i am staying at the moment what is what is the thanksgiving dish of choice for for mj what is the first thing you're going for at thanksgiving sweet Swedish meatballs. Swedish meatballs. Oh, that's not a bad choice at all. Not something I have with Thanksgiving, but that's a great add-on. We have it with pretty much every holiday. It serves as the appetizer, and uh, we will be going to a clubhouse later for dinner, where I'm sure they will have lots of traditional Thanksgiving food. Well, that's uh, you've you've got your day sorted, uh, MJ. I'm glad you made us a, a little part of it. Yeah, I also wanted to share a quick little funny antidote. I watched AEW, uh, or I tried to watch it last night. My mom asked me if they were selling stuff during the first segment, which I then heard you guys on the review say something similar. Um, so clearly they're getting their message across that you should go buy, buy, buy AEW merch. Yes, yeah, so someone I, actually did send me a, a, an image of the Chris Jericho shirt that I assume is legit and probably on Pro Wrestling Tees already. It is. I've it is up there. It. Okay, I got, yeah. my bu- I got my buddy a shirt. <laughs> Chris Jericho shirt. Wow. Shirt. So Chris Jericho. So that and the uh, the other the bubbly. It's, well, the, the bubbly website that was just obvious. Like an instant, it was going to crash the website, and they probably were going to advertise a sellout immediately uh, with limited supply. Of course. I I wish that as they uh, they promoted like they should have promoted the shirt, and then the pro wrestling tees guys in the front row could have signs that said available now. And just held those up. They should have been ready. <laughs> John Pollock, ever the, the segueist. My other little funny thing was I saw a friend of the show and friend of the community, Scrump, and I said, Oh, Scrump. And my mom said, What's a Scrump? <laughs> Amazing. And I said, A friend. Yeah, we, we got. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah, and happy Thanksgiving as well. Wow, very good, John. Yes. Thanks, MJ. On brand. Take care, guys. Take care. Uh, 
A bit of breaking news here in the MMA front. Uh, according to Dana White, this comes from Brett Okamoto on ESP, uh, from ESPN on Twitter. According to Dana White, Conor McGregor versus Cowboy is a go for UFC 246 on January 18th. All right. So- Addi- additionally, sources tell me Cowboy has agreed to a new multi-fight deal with the UFC. All right. So that was the fight they had. You know, Conor McGregor had done the announcement that he was planning to do three fights uh, coming up with the first being January 18th. He named the date before that was a thing, before there was any agreement in place. But the UFC, they were not scheduled to do a pay-per-view in January. But when McGregor made his intentions known, they basically created this event and they had started adding fights to that card. And it was just a question, is this going to be a pay-per-view? Because if we have Connor, obviously it's a pay-per-view. If not, it it probably would not have been. So that's why when John Jones was announced for Dominic Reyes, they didn't have a number attached to it because it might be 247. It might be 246, given if they would get McGregor or not. I think things were trending in the direction that McGregor was going to come to an agreement. But it was Donald Cerrone, not Justin Gaethje, who ends up getting the fight. Um, what does that do for your interest, Way seeing uh, McGregor and Cerrone um, at this stage where I think Donald Cerrone, he has slowed a bit. But I think that, obviously, this is going to be an enormous fight. How enormous will be the ultimate question? Uh, really big for me. I mean, you know, I, I feel like at this point, to really catch uh, me as a Laps fan's attention, it really would have to be somewhat of a superstar fight. Um, I th- and I think at this point, Connor fights are so rare that I'd, I'll definitely make time to see any appearance. But this is, you know, Connor versus Cerrone, which I think is really a dream match. I look forward to seeing, you know, what... What interviews these two might might partake in, uh, the match itself, the result really, to me, I don't even really care. It's just more so about the spectacle of, of seeing these two, to me, superstars uh, probably have a, you know, what, what we can expect to be a really, really fun matchup. That certainly has my interest. So Yeah, so this will be McGregor's first fight since the Habib Nurmagomedov fight, which is October of last year. Mm-hmm. And this was obviously going to be a big point because now... It's ESPN Plus that is distributing the pay-per-views mm. in the U.S., so that creates a whole new dynamic because the UFC, they're getting X amount regardless of how the pay-per-view performs. Right. So there's less incentive for the UFC to make these enormous big fights, and you know, Cerrone getting a new deal out of this tells you that they were willing to go that extra step, but you know, that's part of it too. For McGregor's side, it's, well, where are the pay-per-view buys at now? If I'm being paid a percentage and now it's... Um, it's less buys that are coming in on ESPN+. Plus. Um, I want a deal that guarantees me what I would be making in the previous era. And that's, I think, what managers have to be looking at for the the top, top guys that are out there, like a Conor McGregor, that is going to be making a big difference. ESPN+, Plus has to be jumping just in joy to have Conor McGregor that's going to direct people to... Uh, to their platform on January 18th, which is going to be the biggest fight in ESPN Plus's history. For sure. Let's go back to the phone lines right now. Caller, you're in the Post Wrestling Cafe. What's up? Tom from Vermont, back from the dead. How are you doing, Wei Ting? Sorry oh. I got cut off earlier. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry about that, Tom. What's going on? Please finish your thought. Okay, so where was I? Okay, so NXT, uh, start off the great uh, promo. Can't wait for Tomasa Ciampa versus Finn Balor. Then we get a really good tag match starting off. So I thought things were really hitting on all cylinders. Um, AEW Dynamite was good. We had Jericho come out with his dad and do the classic, you know, we hate your town sports team, which is always fun, but we haven't seen in a few years. So that was also good. 
Um, have you guys seen Impact this week? Yeah, I briefly discussed it. We we both briefly discussed it on uh, AEW Dynamite last night. Sorry, uh, Rewind to Dynamite last night. We so. weren't on TNT. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I haven't listened to it. No, no, no. no okay. that's, it's fine. Yeah. Whoa. it's what, what did you think about the episode uh, overall and doing this for one week? Well, see, I was really excited when I saw the promo. Uh, when I saw the promos, um, I was really excited, and um, I'm I'm actually been pretty high on Impact for the last year. I think they've kind of been on an upward trend, and it's kind of like a good thing if you want something a little different. Yep. But I hated it. I hated the throwback <laughs> episode. I thought I was going to love it, and they just <laughs> did it so. It was just so poor. The jokes were so hacky, and it was just dead. Like, I don't know. Like, I was so disappointed. <laughs> I wanted to like it so. I, I get the sentiment. So like, I was, I was like in the middle. I think Way really liked it. You really hated it. I was kind of Switzerland here, but I think most of all, it was a show that was written by wrestlers and people in the industry. That it was almost for wrestlers and people in the industry and if the fans get the jokes cool i think they can appreciate the overall tone of the show and being a throwback uh but it just seemed to be it was really fun amongst those there and i think there was there was some legitimately very funny stuff on the show um as i said on wednesday night show i've only seen the first hour i haven't seen the entire two but i'll say by the time we got to the uh the eight person tag at the end of the first hour this felt like this was a great idea for a one hour show i don't know about two, but again, I've not watched the entire episode, so I can't comment on the second hour. I, I think the sheer well, fact the, that we're even having this discussion is a win for Impact because yes. they could have the best matches in the world. And I just don't, I just, I don't know. At this point, I don't, I feel like we get our fill of that sort of thing any, somewhere else. Impact has to try di very different things in order to get people's attention. And this, to me, was a win for that reason. Uh, I got a question for you guys, actually. Um, I actually caught an episode of Ring of Honor this week for the first time in months, and they're still kind of spiraling, doing their thing. What do you think Ring of Honor needs to do to distinguish themselves and actually kind of get back to the Ring of Honor a few years ago? I think Ring of Honor needs enormous changes to the, just the, the overall presentation of the show to... I mean, they need a mission statement. They need, I just think they need almost like a rebranding, not to say rename Ring of Honor, but I think the overall, um, the tone of the show and just, it's, it's just off people's radar at the moment. They're, they're, they are where Impact was, I would say around 2017, around that period where people had just given up on the show. Um, I think now you're getting people that are at least checking in on Impact. They're generally happy with what they see on Impact. Ring of Honor just seems to be, the TV show is very skippable, and I think it's going to be noteworthy to see how much or how little attention is given to Final Battle in a couple of weeks when that is their big year-end show. And they head-to-head -head that night, Warrior Wrestling is doing a show on Fight TV, and if you look at that lineup, it is outstanding, the lineup. And I could see a lot of people that maybe have budgeted their dollars in the past towards the ROH pay-per-view each quarter are going to be checking out that warrior wrestling show because it is a, a, a super deep lineup uh, that's happening there. I'll actually pull up the card later, but yeah, that's um, in a nutshell. I think this has been, um, I think this has been a, a really, really tough year for ROH just in terms of the perception of the product. But you know, over these past few months with the, 
the things that have gone down with Kelly Klein, the things that Joey Mercury has been putting out there in public. Like, this has just been a really bad period for ROH perception-wise to the outside world. Thank you very much for the call, Tim. We move on with the phone lines. Caller, you're on. What's going on? How you doing, man? How are you? Oh, boy. I, I was worried. I was like, where where is this guy on Thanksgiving? He has to be somewhere near a phone. How are you? I, I love that, like... I I never recognized your number, so I have no idea that it's you until I hear that. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> oh my! My sultry voice, right? Oh my goodness! All right, well, <laughs> Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone, Brandon. Oh, John, you're such a wonderful pivot, man. Uh, I'm not really excited for it. You know what I mean? Uh, it doesn't, especially at welterweight, it doesn't really grip me. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Was that I, in the report I, that it's going to be at welterweight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, okay. That's the that's the report. Okay. Um, yeah, it doesn't really grip me though. You know what I mean? I needed more meat on the bone for uh, McGregor's uh, next. I mean, next fight, and I mean, Cerrone ain't in it. Especially, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Cerrone's pretty shot worn too. I mean, I, I don't know. I, and, I think and, that and it's it's. I think it's a fight that it's uh, McGregor should be uh, a significant favorite in this fight. But again, I think the people are going to be, I think Donald Cerrone, it's a, it's a fight you can certainly sell in terms of a, a test for Conor McGregor coming back, having not fought in well over a year by the time they get into, into the, into the cage on, in January. And well, that's a lie. He's been fighting courts. Uh, he is, he has been uh, outside. He's been very busy. And I will also look that, you know, now that he has a fight announced, all that stuff is going to be covered. And all of that stuff is going to be, I don't know how, how available Connor is going to make himself in the lead up to this fight. I would say ESPN plus certainly will want him out there promoting the fight. How much media is he going to do? Because he's going to be, all of these things are going to be brought up and, you know, he did the one interview with Ariel Hawani a couple of months back, but you know, there's there's outstanding issues with, with Conor McGregor. Some that he has denied, but nonetheless, this has not been uh, a stellar past twelve months for him uh, in the legal sense. I'm 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 also curious, like what the the salary structure for uh, this fight is. I mean, especially being on ESPN Plus. Yeah, that's. That's a great question about the whole economics of this and how they had to structure a deal with Conor McGregor in this new era with ESPN+. Plus. I'd be very curious um, if that uh, ends up, you know, we get to find out the details of that. Because that's, that's like, well, not an easy hurdle to, to get over to um, to structure that. So, yeah. Yeah, nobody's, nobody seems to have been able to do that, especially getting those uh, pay-per-view numbers off of ESPN+, Plus either. Uh, you can't get a really concrete... Uh number off of that stuff it's it's, it's insane it's, it's it's one of the great mysteries of of, of this partnership with, with the ufc at espn plus well and that was um uh, this was in the observer a few weeks ago that there was uh like advertisers who have talked about the fact that you know espn plus and some of these streaming services even though the data is so much more instant and it's available and they're able to get breakdowns of who's buying these shows. It's very hard for these advertisers to see this information beyond just the numbers of how many are there. And it's been frustrating for some advertisers. And you would think that obviously like, why are these such secretive numbers? So um, 
it's it's a big mystery of what these uh, how many people are watching uh, a a typical standard UFC pay-per-view as opposed to two years ago is it greater is it less there's that's a big mystery it's crazy Canelo made 36 million off of his last boxing match and you don't even know how many people are watching were watching that place it's it's uh kind of mesmerizing how how do you find do, do you have ESPN plus Brandon I do have it. Yes, I do. How is it? Because we don't get it in Canada. How do you feel it is overall as a viewing experience when you're watching a fight? Do you have technical problems? Is it pretty seamless when it comes to, um, you know, UFCs or other programming you watch? I mean, the, my, the, the streaming has been perfect for me. I haven't had any issues with buffering or anything like that. It's, it's been pretty flawless. But, I mean, a lot of people I know that have it have, have complained about, you know, uh, getting, knocked, getting knocked out of the service and have to re-log in again. Right. offering issues and streaming issues so uh it, it's a case-by-case basis for certain people but for me personally it's been it's been pretty good all right well brandon I, oh. I have i have one serious question real quick real oh. quick I'll, and i'll, and I'll i wasn't expecting here. a serious question but go for it um <laughs> regarding moro and i i yeah. read your your thing today and uh, i applaud you on that it was, it was awesome thank you um but um um could could the WWE be liable if like something? I, I don't want to wish anything bad on uh, him happening, but if moral, I don't know. Uh, you know, you know what I mean. If something bad happened to him, could the US, could the WWE be liable for that with, with cyberbullying and 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 whatnot? And uh, I was curious about your thoughts on that. Uh, I'm out of here. Peace. Happy Thanksgiving and whatever you guys celebrate today. Thanks a lot, Thanks, Brandon. Thanks a lot, Brandon. Um, you know, um. In terms of a lawsuit, I, I don't want to comment because, like, I, I don't know what the, what that would open themselves up to uh, in the hypothetical sense. Obviously, if it was something where they decided to cut ties with Moral, which I have no indication that is going to happen, uh, that could certainly open you up to something. Uh, someone that is struggling very openly with mental health problems and you were to let, let them go or... Uh, not not resign them that could certainly open I, you up but i i would i would never fathom I that that would happen i don't see it i think if if this this you know connection were to be severed it would probably be moro's call yes so um yeah it's 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 kind of difficult to speculate beyond that we go back to the phone lines now nas i assume this is nas from new york but not the rapper yeah hey guys um thank you for taking my call hey what's going on hey um so, uh, f- firstly, um, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Uh, I really want to thank you guys for all the content that you produce. Uh, it's really awesome. So I've been a casual WWE fan for like ever, <clears throat> like completely in and out for the big, like the big pay-per-views and stuff. Um, and I stumbled onto you guys like around WrestleMania this year and I've been like hooked ever since as you guys are wow. really amazing. How did you find yeah. us? Um, uh, well, I, I have pocket cast. Um, so I found you got your podcast cool. and from there, like, um, I recently subscribed to your Patreon. I subscribed to, um, the up next guys as well. Like it's Thank amazing. You. I've never been into wrestling wow. as much as I am now. And it's all because of you guys. Wow. I even went to a new Japan show. Wow. And I've never even heard of new Japan, like until very recently. Was this the recent show at the, at the Hammerstein ballroom? Yes, and I actually went only because John, you uh, recommended it in one of the shows, and it was a disaster because I think there was a 90-minute right, delay right. because of 
uh, an ambulance missing. I, I just, it just amazes me that it wasn't a bigger deal. Like it, I, it was just like a news for like few hours, and it was, it was gone. I'm, I, it's the yeah, it, it was pretty notable that night. But I, I think when the show started, I mean, to the credit of that crowd, like they seemed awesome for for that yeah, show. I mean, it was a very good show. It was just you know, obviously, I can sympathize with your frustration of being there for so long waiting. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not going to take up too much of your time. I just have one question. I really am, really am curious about, I was never into TV ratings either, but I'm really curious how these things work. You can explain this. So I have YouTube TV, yeah. which is, I pay $50 a month for it. And it's, um, and I watch, I watch all my live TV through that. Um, and I sometimes, well, I have unlimited DVR with that too. And sometimes I'll watch it through, um, uh, on on record or later on so does how does these rating numbers that come out um uh, the day after how do they what what are they taking my views into account like i know a lot of people have hulu live as well like on other stuff um i just really curious um so thank you guys for everything that you do um and keep up the good work all right thank, thanks Absolutely. a lot for the call yeah it's so for for the ratings in terms of like actually uh combing them all together it's Basically, if you're a Nielsen family, like then you are you are representative of a larger number. So if way if you are and we're in Canada, so we're not part of this, but you're selected and then you are going to be monitored and they're able to monitor like the viewers per home. But it's like they're not it's it's at best and it, it is an estimate. But the point is the number that they come to, given whatever the margin of error is. It's the acceptable currency that advertisers mm -hmm. accept. They look at them. They are credible numbers. They are accepted. So I, I know sometimes people look at it, it's like, oh, is it, how accurate are these? I mean, fair. It's, you know, if something is turns out to be 2.1 million, could it be 2.2? Could it be 2.0? I mean, there's going to be that margin of error. But it's it's a survey. It's like any survey. It's the best system we have. It's the best system. And most of all, it's the accepted system. So that that is not changing. Uh, now, watching on YouTube Live, I, you know, if you're watching on a digital product like Fight TV, you're watching AEW Plus, like they're going to know down to the person who is watching. And I don't know how you would necessarily filter in YouTube TV onto TNT's number, but they, they get their streaming numbers as well. So um, I'm not as familiar with YouTube TV. I don't have it. So um, so streaming numbers are obviously very important, but maybe more so internally than – I mean it's something they could present to advertisers as well. Yeah, right? so. and typically like it's, it's a much, much smaller – percentage that is watching that is streaming the show versus watching it on television and as we're also seeing through like uh the data that like dave Meltzer is getting like the dvr numbers are really are really really high for mm -hmm. both shows at the moment the issue is like obviously if you have if you have five million people watching your show that's wonderful but the the goal for these networks is to monetize your show and therefore present advertising that these 5 million people uh, enough of a percentage is going to pay for these products that justify them advertising on the network. And therefore you're making this profitable. If you're mm -hmm. getting 10 million viewers and you can't sell ad rates for shit, then it's, it's not worth the money you're paying for this program, regardless of the number you're getting. And I, I always utilize like one comparison I use is that if way and I went out to a wrestling event and we handed out 5,000 flyers, and 10 people went to our website as a result of that. And from that percentage, joined our Patreon. Like, how much money did we spend on those? Like, that 5,000 number 
is only as valuable as what you're able to convert over and mm -hmm. is valuable to the advertisers. For sure. But I mean, it's let's say if that was our only way of getting new patrons, I mean, we'd probably, you know, spend even more effort and try not not just uh, giving right. off 5,000 flyers, but 10,000 flyers, 20,000. Yeah, right. Flyers. I'm just more looking at like it's like it's not so much the number of doors you knock on. It's the amount that that answer, engage sure. and actually want to spend money on your your product. I suppose on the topic of, you know, streaming numbers, I mean, this type of information might not be as, you know, open to the public and the media as, say, Nielsen numbers. Um, but oh, I would love to share you my my discussions with uh, companies in Canada that I swear to God guard these numbers like they're the Pentagon Papers. Right. It is very difficult at times to get these numbers. All credit in the world to Dave Meltzer, who gets some mm -hmm. incredible uh, data that is not easy to come by. You know, but like when you and I in the audience, we speculate on, on oh, like Thursday, two o'clock, these numbers come out. I mean, are we giving too much maybe, you know, uh, value to what essentially is Let's, you know, at a huge part of the pie, but really maybe just want, you know, not the complete pie for somebody like AEW or NXT. Uh, yeah, to a degree. This is, to me, I think it's very valuable to be monitoring this. But I would also caution that one week is not something that has to be the be all end all. You are looking for overall trends and patterns. And AEW, what we can take from this, like if they are able to maintain this at the end of the road, they stand to make a ton if the television industry stays in the same lane mm -hmm. it's in at the moment yep. and values this kind of programming with this level of audience in this fractured world that this mm -hmm. will be their ultimate like that is where the money is at the end of this. So it, it is very valuable. So more and more, I mean, you know, I feel like this is sort of like uh, some of the company line we've heard from the AEW brass um, themselves, but is this battle not so much between AEW and NXT, but really between AEW and themselves or NXT and themselves so that they, you know, at the very least maintain this number so that when the, the TV deal does run out, they can negotiate. For yeah, I look at it. I mean, ultimately, you're you're looking at this this pool of wrestling fans that have a choice on Wednesday night. And you would look at these are the two of the programming programs on Wednesday night. Who is the chief competitor to each side? And that's going to fluctuate between between the two. So I think it's natural to compare and look at what is NXT attracting, what is AEW attracting. But you're right. There's definitely beyond just television numbers. If if BR Live is seeing a spike to, because of AEW Dynamite, that is a very valuable property for us. We talk about the, the idea of ESPN Plus and what can the UFC drive towards them? That is a really valuable tool because everyone is trying to build up their streaming services at the moment. And we're just getting more and more of them. Disney Plus has over 10 million subscribers already. The Zone has just hit 8 million worldwide subscribers. So we're seeing the like these enormous numbers. And then you have smaller niche services like a BR Live, like a WWE Network. And, and you're going to value programming that can you know turn wrestling fans into paying subscribers, which I would say of the sports world, I would look wrestling fans are much more um they're much more that's less of a hang up for them to spend money on on a on a service or a product than perhaps a hockey fan that not all of them are getting their center ice package. Most are just watching hockey for free on TV. So when you suddenly have to pay for a service, it's a little tougher, I think, than it is for combat sports fans who have just it's ingrained that the big fights, the big shows, big pay-per-views, you do have to spend money for. Back to the phone lines. We go to Australia. Chris Thunder from Down Under. You're in the Post Wrestling Cafe. What's up? Good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing well, Chris. How are you? Good, good. Um, just want to talk about 
Rhea Ripley, she's only been in the company a little over a year, sort of full-time now, and she's really risen up the ranks quite quickly, which I was sort of surprised how quick they've put the uh, rocket on her, so to speak. Yeah, she's... Um... I, I think when you look back at this month of the people that have benefited greatly, she is in that conversation of one of the one of the t- like where she is now, the reception she got last night on the NXT episode. Uh, I think they like you have to look at Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley as the one two in terms of who they see as the top women on that NXT brand at the moment. So I, I thought the the second May Young Classic, she was one of the standouts to me. I came out very impressed by her and just her overall presence and where she is now that she feels like the top female babyface now on NXT. And I, I don't even know if that was the case two months ago. Like she, I think this past month really cemented that status. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, a little bit, um, Dakota Kai's uh turn how do you think it's gone so far thank you chris i thought the dakota kai turn was great and it's has set up so many matches you have the you know they did the 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 match with candice LeRae, but you have programs obviously with tegan knox you have one with rhea ripley potentially uh you have one with mia yim when she comes back you have set up so many different angles for dakota kai uh i I didn't think wednesday's follow-up was great i think Having her wrestle already was a little too quick. I would have been much happier if she had just spoken or there could have been an angle with her, maybe attacking Candice LeRae before we instantly go to a match. Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, I think the goal of having her be on TV in a match was just to give her screen time. You know, she remember, you know, she did the big angle on Saturday, but it wasn't like she had any ring time at all. So I think with that in combination of Survivor Series possibly overshadowing a lot of that, what that angle accomplished, I think just simply having her on TV, getting into people's heads that, hey, this is a character that we're focusing on. So who's been going through a whole lot of storyline development. I felt like that was important. Um, I, I suppose at this point, shall we springboard into our brief M- NXT review? Yeah, let's uh, talk about um, highlights of, of the show as well. Um, what did you think about the start of the show with the big celebration? Uh, with the Russell and Flow. Yeah. Super corny. Um, but I thought it, it was kind of like the, the uh, it was kind of like the uh, the Russell Rock Rumble. Uh, well, I mean, you didn't have people actually rap, you know, like, no, when we see Tommaso well, Chanko I meant rap. more so like so, some of the dancing. There, there was a wide scale of people that had I, to dance. I understand. Drake like, Younger being my favorite. You know, I understand the idea of like wanting to create this like big party atmosphere that the Undisputed Era could just come yeah. in and crash and interrupt. It's a bit weird when it's like wrestlers. I think like, you know, like it reminded me a little bit of Glow. Like when when everybody comes out, sure like they they just get out. I still liked it. I I I, it was I, fine. I, I it was like fine. the idea behind it and making it like that can only work in full sale. Sure, yeah. You're can right. you imagine them doing that on SmackDown or Raw? I thought there were moments where it felt like, oh, this is like a really hit presentation. It's like, oh, like you know, like the song is good. I think he's a great rapper. Uh, and then like the 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 crowd dancing around the ring, it felt like everybody was young and like you know, this felt like a fun party. But um. It felt a little forced, yes. Uh, 
But but I understood the idea <laughs> behind it, and I think it got over to the crowd there at full sale. Everything gets over to that crowd. I guess so. I guess but. it's a low bar. Uh, then we go into the tag match, which which was a great match, but had uh, a major issue in the in very early on, where Bobby Fish was military pressed to the floor onto Kyle O'Reilly, suffered an injury. Uh, haven't heard an update on him yet, but he gets replaced in the match by Roderick Strong. Mid, and I was mid commercial. Yeah, mid commercial. I was told like they pretty much did this match on the fly and oh, amazing. Strong just took over yeah. for Bobby Fish just uh you know probably wasn't scheduled to be doing anything on the show you know uh, like it despite everything I thought these guys ended up having a really hot match it was a really good match and thank goodness they had not only you know the concept of this like freebird rule attached to the undisputed era but the fact that they had a veteran on the level of a Roderick Strong to be put into this position because Man, given given the circumstance, like I don't know how many people you would have been able to trust to just all of a sudden go from a managerial role to having you know the, the type of match that these guys did. No warm up. Like I would assume Roderick Strong was maybe a part of of some of the you know going through the match and talking about what what they were going to do. But God, like I thought, what an impressive you know showing up from Roderick Strong just doing this on the fly. Uh, otherwise, I thought really good showcase for Dijak as well. And what about that huge pounce? From Keith Lee to that, Adam Cole, that to the pounce crowd. was unbelievable. Amazing. I mean, that's th- there's your uh, your GIF. Oh, it's, it's already out there. Oh yeah. yeah, he like sent him into orbit. Yeah, when someone gets owned on Twitter, yes, that favorite word, owned. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, and I feel really bad for for Bobby Fish. Like it just seems like it's a never ending story. For yeah, for Mike Johnson guy. had the update that apparently after the show he was walking around. Hopefully, it's not something serious because yeah, that's that's a guy that's been plagued by injuries mm-hmm. and you know not getting any younger. He's in this great role at this time, so hopefully it was just a precaution and he ends up being okay. Do Do you have any cause for concern of perhaps you know the type of style of match that these guys have been wrestling? They've been going really hard for this entire. I mean, this entire run since NXT has. Uh, of NXT period, but especially this week. Yeah, I mean, but you know, you know it's a freak accident. Like they went through a war. Yeah, games this match. this was like just to me, it was like just an unfortunate landing on, on the floor, which that's typically the source of serious injuries. And I'd be, it'd be interesting to talk to to someone that you know does does the constant wear and tear. Does that make you more more prone to just a freak accident occurring? That you're just you're asking a lot of your body, and then it just. It's the simple things that typically do mm-hmm. do the kind of damage. Hopefully, this isn't going to be uh, a serious injury for him, but we'll we'll keep people posted on that. Um, I just wanted to talk about a few other. Uh, well, we can move to the Dakota Kai Candice LeRae match. This one ended after a DQ with Dakota Kai using the uh, knee brace of Tegan Knox, which is now uh, her version of Tommaso Ciampa's crutch that she's just going to walk around with and attack people with. I guess this is quite the um, kind of awkward to walk around with a knee brace, but. That's the what she's using now. To kid, yeah, yeah. Is it that awkward? I mean, of course it's awkward. Would it's you walk down the street? Would with, you prefer a broom with barbed wire? No, I would prefer knee brace would top the uh, the barbed wire broom. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I like it. I, I thought the match itself was a little bit sloppy, but despite that, I thought it was a strong character follow up for Dakota Kai after doing the heel turn. Her presence was good. Her aggression was good, and I think as a symbolic prop, like the knee brace is excellent. Uh, Leo Rush defended the title against Akira Tozawa. I thought this was the match of the show. Yeah. Very scary moment in the middle of this where it looked like Tozawa was at least briefly uh, knocked out of it. His uh, his mouth guard fell out. Mm-hmm. And then as uh, Leo Rush came for, what is it, the come up? 
yeah. off the ropes where he, he just springs off uh, and Tozawa wasn't ready for it. But then they just got right back into it and finished the match without any issues. Uh, the referee was immediately checking on Akira Tozawa. And as you had warned me on Wednesday night, the the German off the apron spot, which they were constantly teasing, uh, they did. Although, thankfully, Rush rotated over, didn't take like the suplex onto his back on it's the like floor. Like a salt he took off. Yeah. The but Tozawa took a rough Tozawa is still going off of this yeah. thing, which is not fun. And th- there was one of those in the Dakota Kai match as well with LeRae, where they did the German onto the edge, and Dakota Kai just hit the edge at just this painful looking impact yeah i mean that's like, the they, level. these guys were like killing themselves on you the know show. that 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 is part of the reason i think why nxc has been so successful and but also part of the risk i mean that 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 really is involved um, at a higher level in my opinion for nxt wrestlers than main roster wrestlers because they have to be expected to work this type of hard style for every single tv appearance that they have but this match i thought was awesome it was so refreshing to see like akira tozawa get to perform in front of this type of audience you know to be able to have a style of match where like he felt like he was completely unshackled to do anything he wanted. I thought he was excellent. I thought Leo Rush, listen, in his brief title run thus far with the Cruiserweight belt, I He's think had some awesome we can already classify him as one of the best Cruiserweight, like of this purple Cruiserweight title title reign. He already is amongst, you know, the, one of the best simply because of the environments that he's been able to showcase himself in front of, uh, the, 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 the string of matches, of great matches he's had. So I've, I really enjoyed this. These two killed themselves here. Um, but it was nice to see that they did in front of a crowd that appreciated it. Uh, Zia Lee destroyed Vanessa Bourne quick, and then Shayna Baszler came out with Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir teasing something there, maybe for television, and then Rhea Ripley was the one who came to make the save, and that being the the ultimate program. Would you hold off on Baszler, Ripley for a takeover? Do you see them doing that beforehand? I would definitely hold it off for a takeover. You know, I mean, that's your big marquee match. Coming out of Survivor Series and War Games this weekend, like on this show, Baszler and Ripley both feel like such such bigger stars. And that's, you know, directly due to the value that they gave them on Survivor Series. Do you, do um, you think if you did something like a loser leaves NXT between those two, that it's at least believable? Because you yeah. could argue either one could be going to the main roster. That is very true. Yeah, very true. I, I do feel like, though, it would pretty... I think any title match would pretty much, I think, telegraph... Like everybody from this point on would expect Shayna in any title match to lose and then leave the roster. It's tough because if we're looking that that show is February 16th. If you were to be doing Shayna and Becky Lynch, do you want to be waiting that long to be reigniting that program? Shayna and Becky. Um, I kind of see that as more of a long term deal. You, know? you don't see that at WrestleMania. Oh, I see it at WrestleMania. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is that if you want to get that the teases for that going do you wait till mid-February for her to lose the title and then Shayna's brought on to Raw? Isn't that perfect timing? You know, with two months? I, th- I I wouldn't want it to be dormant for the next two months where it's not acknowledged and you're not doing you anything in that direction. here and there, especially at a place like the Rumble, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that timing could work out really well to get all of those things uh, in place. But um, I thought, you know, Ripley's presence was really strong here. And again, you know, they, they tease also the stuff with Dakota Kai. So we could even potentially see some type of Shayna Baszler, Dakota Kai team up. Wouldn't that be interesting? What if they did a surprise where this is all just like uh, theories here. If Shayna ended up winning the Ro- the Royal Rumble as champion. And then you do a champ versus champ. Type well, you could you could have Shayna drop it along the way. But the point is she gets her wish to face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. That's how you set up the match. Yeah. 
And yeah. you could still do TakeOver, yep. and you don't know which way they're going. You don't have to do the Loser Leaves NXT step. Mm-hmm. It's just a title match at that point. And then Ripley wins, and Baszler can go to WrestleMania, do their thing with Becky, and then you have that backburner loss to Rhea Ripley that you can you can go to at some point down the road. Absolutely, you can. So a lot of interesting ideas with Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley coming out of this last month. And then the main event was Finn Balor, Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, they went about, I'd say, 12 or so minutes, mm-hmm. and it featured Adam Cole getting involved uh, nailing Ciampa, and then it ended with a 1916 by Finn Balor for the win. Afterwards, the two were posing over top of Ciampa, and Balor nailed Ch- uh, nailed Adam Cole. So the idea was that he is not with the Undisputed Era, but he's also not a babyface, which is a tough role to be in, where you're not the top heel, but you're you're like you have issues with the top heels, and you're he's also a, not a babyface. He's a lone wolf, you know. Yeah, that's, this got a babyface response from this crowd, which I, I don't know if three, four weeks in, you want to be getting that reaction from, from the audience. But I, I suppose more important for Balor at the moment is just to simply get people you know, curious about what, what he's doing, curious to see him perform. I mean, clearly teasing some sort of three-way going on between the three here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess unless Gargano is, is back and they go back to that program. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, you know, the Balor appearance has kind of lost a bit of steam given, you know, I feel like it's kind of taken a backseat to both War Games and also Survivor Series itself. So it feels like maybe now is when we can really put the focus on Finn Balor as a heel uh, on his way to the title program. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was a good follow up. I, I didn't think it was a home run show on NXT, but I really enjoyed Leo Rush and Tozawa and I love that tag match. So I would certainly recommend those two main event. It was good, um, but I wouldn't put it ahead of those other two matches. No, I like Tozawa versus Rush a bit more, uh, but I thought it was a really nice cohesive show. That was like a good follow up to me for, for the great value that they had on Survivor Series. Yeah. I'm I'm very curious about this number. So we'll see yeah. when that comes out. If it's Friday, if it's Monday, um, but they should get a bump coming off of the, the last month. So I would expect that they win in total viewers again this week. I would expect so too. too. The, the more curious number is, of course, the 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 prime demographic. Yeah, which I don't I don't see shifting. I I don't see that NXT is threatening in those those categories. That I I could see a very similar outcome mm-hmm. to what we saw last week. Back to the phone lines. We'll take as many calls as we can before uh, we have to get out of here. But uh, caller, you've been waiting for a long time. Thank you for your patience. What's on your mind? I no problem. It's not like I was waiting foily minutes or anything. So. Foily minutes. That's very, very well timed. <laughs> Where's our t-shirt? Wait, we need to, we need to get a t-shirt. Out a little on bit that. of the foily. I'll try to get, I'll try to work on that. Yeah. Thanks for taking the call guys. Uh, Jared from Ottawa here. Uh, happy Thanksgiving from one Canadian to two. <laughs> uh, and a Merry Christmas. To, uh, jump back to the, yeah. I uh, just wanted to jump back to the ratings discussion maybe real quickly. Um, do you think that, uh, NXT doing well in the long run helps NXT or do you think it hurts Raw and SmackDown? Because if uh, if I'm like USA or Fox looking at the ratings of uh, a Raw or a SmackDown versus NXT and what I'm paying for Raw or SmackDown versus NXT, I don't know that they're really seeing the, you know, like a trade-off there. Like I think NXT is kind of outperforming what uh, USA is maybe paying for it in comparison to a Raw, which is much more expensive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with Raw, it's like they're locked in for five years. So I think with NXT, I think the only end result is that it's going to help NXT because at the end of this of this television contract, their argument is that, hey, we're getting if if let's say their audience swells that much more over the next 
couple of months that they can go to the table and say, hey, the market value is what you're paying for raw. You guys got a steal here with us because we outperformed what expectations were at that dollar figure. So I, I think it's more so a feather in NXT's cap that uh, as opposed to if, if, say, raw was if their deal was coming up in a year and you could make those comparisons and say, go the other way. Anything else, Jared? Right, uh, thanks. I uh, know that was all. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, I'm home from work today, so it's nice to be able to uh, to watch the show live rather than recorded. Cool, man. Thanks. Thank you, thanks a lot for the call. We appreciate it. I think, you know, all this conversation is, to me, uh, really important now Now that we're a month into this whole, you know, Wednesday Night Wars thing. The the fact that the numbers themselves obviously are fun to look at, fun to talk about, but they, they don't represent the whole picture of no, what value. And, and a big part of it is what, what USA and TNT, what, what they're paying for these shows, what was in the slots prior, and if these are ultimately profitable shows given what they are spending on it and it's different amounts. So it's, it's, you grade things very differently of raw that's getting 265 million a year versus, you know, TNT that they're doing, uh, they're covering the production costs and there's, and there's some other, you know, payment in there. A TNT or a USA, I really don't know if they're, you know, paying such close attention to seeing what AEW or NXT or like what the competition is doing that particular night as much as they are looking at what everybody on TV is doing. Yeah, for that like the goal night. if you're AEW, like at this point, like their production's covered, that's that's a great thing and they share a bit in the, in the ad revenue, but if they're looking at that 18 to 49 demo and they're able to keep this consistent and they say, hey, here is the comparable of what this number represents in the in the market and what TNT values this at. It's great. It's just it's negotiating points for them to be able to go to that, maintain this number and say, this is what we can produce. We've been able to show a consistency to keep this number. And at the end of it, hopefully that TNT says you're right and you're worth this much. And suddenly, you know, the amount of money that AEW is putting into the startup, the the big payoff comes when their TV contract is due. Certainly. Um, is that all for calls for now? Uh, that probably is it for, for this week. Thank you, everybody, for, for your notes. Uh, are there any other, like, you know... I, I pulled this up earlier when a caller came in, but again, on December 13th, this is when ROH is running Final Battle, and that same night is this Warrior Wrestling card that's on Fight TV. So this is the card that they have. Brian Cage against El Fantasmo. Minoru Suzuki versus Filthy Tom Lawler. Then we have uh, the Rascals from Impact taking on Will Ospreay, Amazing Red, and Rocky Romero. Lance Archer versus Brian Pillman Jr. Michael Elgin versus Sam Adonis. And uh, and then they have more matches on the undercard, including Jake Atlas and uh, Holly Dead. Anyway, that's that's a really stacked card. Like for Fight TV, it's a great looking card with Will Ospreay with Minoru Suzuki. Is Jake Atlas isn't he signed? He is expected to be going to WWE, oh, but yeah. not not just yet. He, he starts, I believe, in the new year, gotcha, so he's gotcha. still finishing updates. Uh, that's a great look at Joe. And I wanted to make one mention too about you know we were talking about AEW contracts, and obviously like different contracts are gonna it's not all gonna be similar. But Orange Cassidy is doing a show on Fight TV, so obviously like there are some deals there where guys can do stuff that is going to be broadcast so anyway something to look into in the future also uh referee jessica carr from nxt she is moving to smackdown they gave her this nice send-off after nxt went off the air she was the referee for the main event so um that was one other news item but i think that's about it so i want to thank i didn't think we'd get all those calls today but man we were just loaded that was the the whole show's calls cafe's full 
It at is. all times, everybody. We don't shut down for Thanksgiving. Uh, thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us, whether it be on YouTube with the new uh, look or also on uh, our audio podcast. I wanted to make one final mention uh, for now that we have a sale going on at store.postwrestling.com. 25% off everything with the checkout code Scott Pilgrim. That's right. Yes. 25% off everything from now until Monday night at midnight. So go check out store.postwrestling.com. We've got some cool items up there uh, that you can check out. I recommend the toots. Yes. And and as well, uh, if you're expecting ratings for uh, NXT and AEW, that might be due later on this week, if not Monday. Yeah. I don't know if they'll be out Friday or not. So we will, uh, once they're out, we'll have a report up, but not on Thursday. So you can just uh, sit back and and guess and figure out. So thank thank you to the chat room. Thank you to everybody who called in. Yeah. A lot of great calls today. Thank you to all of you for uh, making us a part of your Thanksgiving if you were in the US or just a part of your Thursday worldwide. Way and I are going to be back on Friday night with Rewind to SmackDown. That will be out for all members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. You can check that out, postwrestlingcafe.com. The British Wrestling Experience drops Friday morning. Jamesy and Martin Bushby, they're going to chat about the British J-Cup from this past weekend at York Hall, IPW UK and their status, as well as all the latest news, NXT UK takeover announcement for January, and all of the stuff going on in the European scene. So check them out to the very best out there. And then Sunday, Thunderstruck with WH Park and Dylan Fox chatting Jushin Thunder Liger, El Samurai from April of 1992. That is uh, this weekend's match for Thunderstruck. And then on Monday, we have an, or Tuesday, we have an edition of Rewind Away covering Rumble, uh, Royal Rumble 2000. Yeah, this is going to be a really fun show to go back and review. It's the Royal Rumble 2000. That will be out for cafe members. Headlined by The Street Fight with Triple H and Cactus Jack. We had... Dudley's versus Hardy's. Dudley's versus Hardy's in a tables match. The debut of Taz. Um, maybe a not so memorable Royal Rumble. We're going to discuss it all from Madison Square Garden, January twenty third, two thousand. So look out for that Tuesday for all members of the cafe. For waiting, I am John Pollock. Thank you again for tuning in to the Cafe Hangout. Mm-hmm.